0: Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs?
1: He's in the house! It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to Dos Radio, I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a senior reporter-producer for Decider.com and a drag queen named Barbara Hardley. Uh, and, well, why not say hello to the Stella to my aims, Ethan K. Hello, Ethan. Hey, Brett. Hey, wow. Brett. Hey, Brett. <laughs> i i'm calling today, myself today a brett. killer well yes. today
0: today you are you are brett uh but deep inside you are barb oh all the
1: time yeah i uh have spent the entire day of building ikea furniture and so i did not feel like getting into drag um and i, I really honestly understand. feel bad because of who we're talking about today i feel like i'm not honoring yeah, his because- memory
0: When you said Stella to your aims, 0% of the people who listen to this podcast know who any of those characters are because we're doing an episode of a non sitcom TV series. It is most definitely not a comedy.
1: No, not a. uh, This is part of our Pride Month celebration where we're examining uh, depictions of uh, queer gender non-conforming individuals throughout the decades last week we uh, saw rock hudson for like 30 seconds on an episode i love lucy (laughs) that was good um and this week we're going to be teaching everybody about the life of one thomas craig jones aka tc jones aka fierce female impersonator that i'm fascinated by and have done a lot of research (laughs) on In the last two hours. The episode we're
0: watching is from Alfred, the Alfred Hitchcock hour, which is the sequel of sorts. The Alfred Hitchcock presents Alfred Hitchcock presents was a regular 22 minute um anthology show. And then they said, let's boost it up to 50 some minutes. And then it became the Alfred Hitchcock hour uh, to keep in mind, Alfred Hitchcock did not write every episode. He no. did not direct every episode. He hosted every episode. But he, so told,
1: he, some, he told jokes before everyone began. And it's he very told strange. Jokes. And it was inter- that was interesting because
0: the, the jokes that he told in the United States were usually at the expense of the sponsors or the commercials that were very popular. But he'd record a second set for the European audiences where he'd make fun of Americans.
1: Oh wow. Gotta give everybody what they want. Unless you are a female lead in any of his movies, then you're not gonna get anything you want. You're probably gonna get a lot of verbal abuse. (laughs) Um Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I told my mom that we're
0: going to be doing this, the this episode this one of these episodes, she goes, Oh, I just read a biography of him and he's not a nice man.
1: No. (laughs) No, he's not. Um, You know what?
0: He was he he had less screen time, I think, than a cat
1: in this episode. Oh, so Gus. You know, Gus the intentionally... new mascot of this podcast, honestly. Gus the um, cat. So honestly, I have too much to say about T C Jones that I would just say right now I uh am watching uh we both watched Across the Spider-Verse and it's great. I'm <laughs> it's that <laughs> Yeah, and boom, check it off.
0: <laughs> it was fantastic. I I, I want to keep calling it future Academy Award nominee across the Spider Verse because until it becomes, I think
1: you could say winner Academy because Award. I don't think the Pixar uh, element Elemental or whatever is getting anywhere near as good a critical buzz. No, and no. also across the Spider Verse, uh, it was just a I can like casually say a perfect movie like just yeah <laughs> pretty wild <laughs> they t- how they, much fun they took and something that was perfect they took
0: something that was perfect and made it more perfect and i don't know how that's possible
1: but it is very it uh, fantastic movie. it's very empire strikes back like it is oh my god siri yeah. jesus christ how did you turn on for that go away <laughs> how do i just decide what siri kind of tv forever? are you watching that you like i don't care if you got it stop it will never in my life use that okay i want to um, know what kind of tv are you watching oh jesus christ sorry i siri activated <laughs> again because i turned it on because i was trying to kill it go away siri go away siri go away <laughs> okay hi just don't say the h-e-y
0: word before it and then then that's the problem that i always have I just need to
1: disable it anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, we do have one comment to read from YouTube, which, you know, if oh you gosh. email us, leave us reviews, do anything I will. And and if it's nice or if it's mean, but in an over the top, you're clueless kind of way, then I'll read that. Uh, But our friend Jason Van Slick uh, on YouTube commented that he's always looking forward to new MHS-TV episodes. I come for the discussions on television, but I stay for the looks Barb brings and Ethan's T-shirt game, 13th Floor Elevators, Hometown Heroes of San Antonio. Thanks for the podcast. I'm loving it. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. 13th Floor Elevators are for a while they were my favorite band I think they might've been supplanted by the replacements, but I did get to see them at, uh, the first levitation festival. Uh, they reunited and then, uh, Rocky Erickson, unfortunately passed away, Mm. but Megan and I did get to see him do a solo show Not solo. I mean, he, he has his band, uh, but we did get to see him do a show in Brooklyn. I want to say about a year or so before he passed away. And, uh, so right now I'm wearing uh, the great Vincent Price because Grace. we are you're doing something. This is creepy. Hitchcock is not Hitchcock's not horror. He's suspense. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's a definite difference between that.
1: Although he did, you know, arguably uh, invent the slasher, depending yeah. on if you think Psycho invented it or Black Christmas or Texas Chainsaw or Halloween. Like, I think those are all. I think the, it would, I think it would the,
0: be. I, I think it was Psycho. Okay. I think it was psycho literally uh, slashing first time that a, a, a toilet was seen in a movie.
1: Uh-huh. Hell yeah. Toilets. Uh, yeah. Psycho has, yeah, we'll be talking about psycho in a bit because the house was used in this episode. Uh, but I that, that, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. no, we're going to rock and roll this week. We are traveling to February 15th, 1965. The greatest story ever told ruled the box office this Diamond Ring by Gary Lewis and the Playboys. I thought it was Pacemakers.
0: No, that was uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Gary oh, Lewis right. and the Playboys. Gary Lewis was the son of Jerry Lewis, Oh, uh, who, who you know, paid to make his son a star.
1: Oh, uh, and well, isn't it wild how this Diamond Ring is better than anything Jerry Lewis, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis? <laughs> That's a different Wait. Oh, you Jerry weren't talking Lee about... Lewis? You were talking about no. i about fire. Jerry, Jerry Lewis,
0: the ladies, ladies. What, okay, you no, know, Martin and Lewis. I uh, gotta say, I've tried to watch In the Army Now, or is it At War with the Army, like three times, and I cannot get through it. In the Army I'm Now is a sorry Pauly Shore movie. At War with the Army because it was. <laughs> uh, the, I'm sorry, that movie. At War with the Army was written by James Allardyce, who wrote, also wrote the introduction to all of the Alfred Hitchcock oh. presents and Alfred Hitchcock Hour episodes. That's where it was coming back. But it's all <laughs> it all links together. Hexagon.
1: Well, I mean, my point is that this Diamond Ring is a great song. It is a good, just generic 60s uh pop rock song. Uh but it was <laughs> number couple, one at the had time. He did a couple fun songs. He and did uh, NBC. He did, um, did uh, a <laughs> which Keith
0: Moon covered very badly.
1: Uh, And NBC aired the Alfred Hitchcock Hour episode, An Unlocked Window. Ethan, you must have seen An Unlocked Window before today. No, I have not seen An Unlocked Window before today. I did watch Alfred Hitchcock a lot as a kid because it was on Nick at Night when I was growing up. And I would at least watch the opening with Alfred Hitchcock. I like the part where he walked into his own fat silhouette. Which, which he drew. He, which yeah, like I mean, I'm not it's not derogatory, nothing, it's the whole thing is no, that it's that's his, what he, so, yeah. He even starts this
0: episode by saying, I was afraid to come on screen because I'd lost so much weight, uh, that I was afraid they'd put a missing person's report out for it.
1: Or like if I lost work. ten more pounds, it would have qualified for a missing persons report or something. Yeah, uh, but I mean, this would come on Nick at Night, but it would come on Nick at Night after my bedtime, so I knew that, like, when Alfred Hitchcock Presents is coming on, it's like, oh man, it's a weekend. Oh, I'm staying, you're staying late.
0: up. You're staying Ooh, up. Oh boy,
1: to I know. I truly do not think that I had the uh, attention span to actually watch any of these episodes beyond his introductions
0: you might have been okay with 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 presents because that was about 22 that was a half hour episode yeah you know with with sponsors uh the hour is a bit much and i i i keep saying like it it falls into the same trap that the, the twilight zone did that reading a recap of a twilight zone episode is usually better than watching the full episode because um, it gets to the point faster. You don't have kind of like pointless scenes of, well, in this case, kind of like threading or um, things that don't really carry the plot very oh, far. Uh, so, half an hour, of thumbs up, but I understand why it's an hour because you want to make it, you know, a kind of a more money event, right?
1: thing. Oh, or that. Yeah. Event, yeah. More money. Us sponsors wanting more of that Hitchcock action. It is just wild that for 10 years, the most successful or influential director on the planet at the time was just on TV every week that's no, crazy that,
0: that think about it this way though Walt Disney was probably yes. the number one children family movie producer in the world he was and he still had a weekly show
1: it is crazy um, that it's night- like it's hitchcock and disney and it's like you can't get further apart yeah. Uh, And they are the two that were like, but it's like Steven Spielberg had amazing stories, but he wasn't introducing it. And that only ran for like one year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And whereas Hitchcock, there were six seasons of the of the first, sorry, three seasons of the first series, three seasons of the second series. Disney went back and forth between like Wonderful World of Color and Disneyland and, you know, just all the different things he did. He was on TV pretty much in, from the nineteen, the early nineteen fifties until his death.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. It, he just constantly yeah.
0: had shows. Uh, it's, uh... And some of those, I don't want to talk too much about it, but some of those were brief introductions, like Hitchcock, and other ones were there when he introduced. Um, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Mm-hmm. They filmed an entire sketch s- series where he went over to Ireland and he talked to uh historians mm-hmm. and he met the King Bryant. Like there was like a whole I'm glad show Darby on O'Gill.
1: I'm glad that they got the royal treatment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good film. Good. Sean Connery's in it.
1: <laughs> uh but yeah i mean this week on must have seen tv we'll be talking about the alfred hitchcock hour episode in unlocked window it's the 17th episode of either season 10 or three depending on whether or not you count alfred hitchcock presents and alfred hitchcock hour as one or two separate shows i mm. would say they're the same they're just time <laughs> length is uh, it was written by james bridges and directed by joseph m newman and here's how peacock describes the episode Police suspect that an insane medical student murdered three nurses. Ethan, how accurate is that description? Not very, because
0: they don't assume that he's a mur- he's a medical student. No, Nowhere uh, through the episode do they say, we think it's the medical student.
1: Nowhere. Zero. And yeah, it, it also zip. just like police suspecting implies that there are police in this episode, which I think they're notably or not, <laughs> except for the one scene after they find a body. <laughs> um, there is
0: this was also based on a story by Linda white Mm -hmm. uh maybe related to you maybe not i don't know she also had passed away 20 years before this episode aired so this was an based on a much older story
1: um i mean so in terms of talking about this do you want to like you were saying with uh twilight zone episodes it's you know just do a quick summation do you want to just sum up what the whole thing is then we can just get into yeah. the nitty gritty because like
0: yeah so it's an hour long
1: so you know we really don't do an hour long episode and, and i'm I, I not a lot I'm more interested in tc jones um but so the whole thing is it opens up with a nurse uh is killed uh because there's a serial killer who is killing nurses which as i learned in the well, this was this was based on a story written in the thirties, but I'm assuming this was still a case in like the sixties. But he's specifically well, kind targeting of like... I was
0: just gonna say that the famous nurse murderer Richard Speck uh committed his he he killed seven or eight nurses in an evening, but that was 1966. God. So that was after this episode aired, and you know, 30 years after the um the short story was written.
1: But he did he murder them in a hospital or like this one, go house to house and murder in home nurses? Because that's even more specific than just nurses.
0: He didn't murder them in a hospital. I want to say they were all he gathered them together in a room mm. and then killed them all in the room. But one of them escaped by playing dead under a bed and she was able to identify him by his tattoo. Mm. Um, and he died. um, I want to say in the last 10 years,
1: I guess also Maybe content a little... warning or whatever, uh, because man, this yeah. is going to get dark. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a comedy. This is not a sitcom. Uh, this is uh, not a so,
0: sitcom. This is definitely a suspense murder thing. So beware.
1: Yeah. So it opens up with a, a, a nurse who is gorgeous. I don't think she has any lines, but I was like, this nurse is beautiful. Uh, she's great bone he structure. Has a, little, a few lines.
0: She, she yeah. says goodbye to the uh the Whoever person she's... that she's that she's yeah, he's, she's taking care of a man's wife, um Caliphus, I think his name is. And all she I does is she says, I, I thought it was Christmas. In... I thought it was Christmas too, and it was it was it okay. was Christmas, maybe? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I unfortunately did not write it down. But she's looking after his wife. He sees her to the door. He says, can I see you home? She says, no, I'm just a I'm just down the street. So he says, you know, be careful. There's a murderer out there. But
1: she goes out targeting nurses. And so all of this is being reported on the news. And we are watching two nurses in a creepy ass. I mean, the psycho house it's very charles adams in you know outside and inside and it's the it is the exterior of the psycho house uh they are watching this news report of they found the body she'd been missing for like three days uh and these two nurses one is older one is younger stella is the younger one uh miss betty ames is the older one and they are watching over just like Some rich dude who bought this house because he wanted it to be haunted. Honestly, (laughs) weird character. Uh, So, I mean, there's a whole hour of, you know, suspense and like, what did I hear? What did I see? Uh, And it turns out at the very end that the killer is the older nurse, who is a female impersonator uh, T.C. James is T.C. Jones <laughs> is playing yeah. this. So, yeah, it's a crazy person dressed up like a nurse. And uh, yeah, and it uh, kills uh, still it dies. That's wild. I was that's, shocked all we, by and that's
0: all we knew about it going into this is <laughs> that we, we knew that there was a female impersonator episode of Alfred Hitchcock. If you if you listen to our last episode, that's literally what we said. Yeah. Oh, let's do that. Um, it's now, it's like the Twilight Zone where you're like, she thinks that she's ugly, she gets the surgery, the surgery fails because she's beautiful and everyone else looks like uh looks okay. ugly. You can sum up that entire episode in just one sentence.
1: Did this, you right. the did you clock who the nurse did you know, did you guess that the nurse was uh T C Jones right away? Yeah,
0: but well. For two reasons. One, I had done enough research beforehand to know who he played, you know, uh, what he looked like. Um, I can understand that if someone was not expecting this ending, then oh, yes, yeah. it would be a surprise. Um, oh, yeah.
1: I think he's really yeah. convincing. It's just uh, his voice... So, okay. So, first of all, he, so for the entirety of the episode, he's using his actual voice, which I think is probably naturally higher than yeah. most men, but it has like a uh, lower resonance to it mm-hmm. that um, is kind of a tell, but like only if you're kind of already like listening for it. I think otherwise, right. very convincing.
0: If you, if you find, if, if you know what the ending I- is, it, it kind of spoils the rest of it because then you're just kind of like wondering. When is you're just it kind of like happen? wondering. It, yeah. Like how, how much is, is this supposed to be one thing or another? Um, there are a couple times where the voice from the killer is down like this. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to kill you. So, and so, but it, it's strange because there are times where that voice is heard in a room and then Someone screams and Nurse Ames runs from a completely different side of the house to the room where the so called killer's voice is heard.
1: You know, and it happens knows? I think twice, which is yeah. strange. Um, so let's run through our our cast of characters because this this uh show, this episode, this little house is filled with I mean, I loved this. <laughs> like, honestly, I was on board the entire hour, uh, mainly because like whatever was lacking in plot, because it really isn't any plot, was more than made up for in just pure scenery chewing, especially the yeah. cook, the cook mod, uh, a grade <laughs> A weirdo that I am. I don't know who played or I didn't look up any of the cast.
0: <laughs> she well, she was played by Louise Latham, who was one of the big stars in Hitchcock's Marnie,
1: ah. and that's where
0: that's where she got, kind of got that connection. But she 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 kind of transitioned away from movies and did a lot more TV, kind of at this time. So the rest of her career is a lot of TV movies, a lot of TV episodes, uh, occasional movies. But like Marnie was definitely the high point. She is all over the emotional map.
1: I love her. One of the very first things that she says, because like after they watch that report, uh, the nurses go and like make sure all the windows and doors are locked, etc. They walk into the kitchen where Maude and Sam, who I guess is like the groundskeeper probably, are like hanging out in there. So now we know like, yeah, he's
0: kind of like the head butler, like the the major donor. Or something like and that he's
1: going out to get oxygen so he's like it leaves immediately because they're running out of oxygen for their boss and so one of the first things though that mod says after watching this news report is like uh you know i know of i know of a man who only killed trombone players who beat them to death with their own trombones <laughs> amazing tell me that
0: story hitch
1: <laughs> yeah and then like what oh god she also is called a champion neck ringer when it comes to like, cause she serves killing the master chicken soup. I don't want to keep calling him a master. The sick guy, her boss, her employer. His name, yeah. It seems
0: like uh, let me see, Mr. Becker.
1: She serves him name, chicken Mr. soup Becker. and he's like, I bet you killed the chickens too. Yeah. It's like, I'm a natural ch- neck ringer.
0: <laughs> he's great. Yeah. It's strange. It's a strange thing to say. Because I think they're trying to, they're also trying to hint that anybody could be the killers. There's definitely a victim. We know there's a victim. There's the the other nurse that's not uh, Betty Ames, T.C. Jones. Stella. So there are a couple scenes. Yeah, Stella I'll, Let's call her Stella. There are a couple of scenes where characters are in bizarre silhouette, oh, and I love there that. are a couple of scenes where where Maud is in the silhouette, and you're like. Silhouette equals evil character. Maud is probably the killer. And then so there are a yeah, couple times there's... where nurse, ba- nurse nurse Ames
1: is in the silhouette, and it's maybe it's nurse Ames. It's really cool. Like at one point, the uh God, why does someone call someone calls the house? Who calls the ha- does one of the like the hospital calls to, to check in, right? Or to say, like, because Stella answers the phone and uh Maud's like. I'm going to go check on, you know, the boss. And she goes up to the top of the stairs, but she stops. Yeah. And she like lingers at the top of the TV frame on the landing in pure silhouette. While in the foreground down below Stella's on the phone, like getting, uh, Oh yeah. Like I think the hospital called because Dr. Jones called there's, uh, we have, we hear mod say like, we have no car. We don't, you know, you know, yeah, we're, we we're trapped we here. Get out you know, it was like you know, Sam. Yeah. Sam,
0: the the car, the groundskeeper had the car. It there's a storm also going on. It's implied that if the storm is really bad, he can't get back up. Um, that's it's said a couple times that um oh when the w- road washes out nobody can get up here which is honestly it's setting the stage it's raising the stakes
1: <laughs> i i also really did like there is a series of like plot dominoes that are all knocked that are all kind of like knocked down simultaneously and coalesce in the ending that i find really yeah uh, interesting and like there's that call. So like Sam is gone. There's that call from the hospital to be like, are you guys okay? And then later on, there's another phone call that Ames answers. And Ames plays it off like it's the killer uh, calling to be like, I'm coming to kill you. Uh, But really on the other end of the phone is probably, did did she say who's on the other line? Because I assumed this is the hospital calling to say like, Hey, the nurse didn't show up, you know, <laughs> because Ames yeah. just got there the night before. And so, <clears throat> yeah.
0: There's I guess it's, it's a kind of a couple holes because the phone keeps ringing. Ames keeps picking it up and answering and saying, leave us alone. And then hang up and then the phone rings again. But it's not told who this person on the phone. But is. I can imagine
1: that's probably like the police or the hospital, because as soon as they said, yeah. oh, yeah, uh, Ames just got here. She was sent over by the hospital. She arrived here last night. My thinking was, oh. She definitely killed whatever nurse was supposed to be going over there. And at some point, oh. the hospital is going to call and be like, What do you mean there are two nurses there? She never showed up. You know? And so, like, it was cool. Like, they were persistently calling, and every single time it was Ames answering. Oh. Now, the, the
0: one thing that we have not talked about yet is the name of the episode? Why it's called the unlocked window. Yeah,
1: that this is the only thing uh so like she goes down. Stella's it's like it's kind of a
0: red herring. Let's just yeah, say that. So yeah. red herring.
1: Stella go, Stella's like going around checking to make sure that everything's locked. She's like, I need to go down to the cellar. And Maud's like, I ain't going down there. She has another <laughs> like think about like someone. Oh my cooks that, you know, my father's best friend tried to kill someone with a butcher's knife. It's just a story she offers up while Stella has a flashlight and is going down into the cellar. Awesome. Mod is progressively
0: getting drunker and drunker through the episode, which I think (laughs) is hilarious. It And she, she gets to a point where she's, she's a little tipsy and you're like, Oh, something's up with her. She literally takes a sip of some hidden brown alcohol and goes, completely lunatic and just just starts feeling like, (laughs) it's like stops talking coherently. Just like, just like, I I don't have it written down, but she's just like talking like baby talk. All because of like one drink took her from, "Eh, I'm feeling good at a party to I can no longer, I better wear a diaper because I'm going to be myself. She's
1: iconic. So she goes down to the cellar and she, she sees that like, she's checking all the windows. One window is, A jar, but she is distracted and goes back upstairs. Like, does she hear like a scream or something? Light, I can't remember. The lights why go she... off, I think. Oh, Definitely. right. Yeah, the lights go off, and she so she goes back up and so this is like my main problem was the entire time. She's constantly asked by Ames, you checked all the, she's asked at least twice, you checked all the windows, didn't you? And she has this look on her face where I could not tell if she was genuinely had forgotten about the blatantly open window or if she was like trying to keep it a secret because she would be embarrassed. She was like embarrassed that she, I don't know, didn't close it. It isn't until the very end where we find out.
0: They, they they show the window clapping open and closed and the wind All the time. probably like three or four times. Maybe it's five. every act
1: break, like every out to commercial and back from commercial is that seller like little like window flap hidden.
0: But it's a red herring because the killer is already in there. The killer does not come through the window. If you don't <laughs> know that T.C. Jones is the killer, you're looking at this being like something's going to happen with the window. Why aren't they addressing the window? The window's
1: open. That keeps keeps opening. Um, well the, and we see so, that, yeah. We, at one point, we see Sam. So, like, at the end of the episode, where Ames is hiding under a stairwell, calling out as both the killer and also as herself, being like, Oh, I'm here. Uh, at that point, Sam, or as we the viewers are seeing, a like clo uh, covered man is like stalking towards the house, and he she sees his feet at the cellar door. And so we get a little bit of a hot seller action. <laughs> but it doesn't amount to anything because it's just Sam. Who gets killed and shoved behind the front door? Which when Ames was like, look look at that body That's behind Sam. the door. That was pretty That was actually it was Sam.
0: Yeah, that was scary. I Ames, don't know. Ames killed Sam, because Sam, I know we're we're doing this completely out of order. Sam can't get up to the house. Sam the, the car doesn't work. He he approaches the house wearing a coat and hat. We don't see who he is. We just know that there's someone in a coat and hat circling this dark house in the middle of the night where it is raining, and we know there's a killer out there. So we're setting it up. This is good suspense. We're setting up this person there. And then we know that he gets in the house and Nurse Ames is screaming, and Stella is 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 very concerned. But then we reveal that Nurse Ames has killed Sam and has propped his body up behind the door. Um, These are all these are
1: all the beats, folks. Yeah, I mean, this is
0: things happen and then the murder is revealed.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) but like the entire time there is a mounting tension, I will say, like, I I thought TC Jones was great. Um, Good female illusion. So here let's talk about the drag for a second. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> TC Jones I mean, as, a, we could, we... as a female impersonator. Um so like uh, as as playing the nurse as playing Ames, I did I did appreciate um TC is corseted, like actually does have an hourglass figure. I'm using so... bosom buddies as like the uh, the bottom as the floor of what TV shows <laughs> consider drag because that's just two men putting huge floor length crappy church dresses on and calling it a day. And they day. didn't even
0: bother doing drag in the second season.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were hardly trying in the first season. But, like, T.C. Jones has, like, <laughs> lashes, a wig, uh, pantyhose, uh, the waist is snatched. You know, I was like, oh, this is, like, good. Good work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because because he was a a professional.
1: A, yeah, which a is, of course
0: why you why you get TC? a professional professional, yeah i mean it was a professional a lot of things professional actor professional female impersonator recorded an
1: album Mm -hmm. um i do want i but so we have a lot of tc content to get to but before we do we need to talk about gus gus the cat oh my god who didn't die no thank god die so, oh, no. So when Stella goes down there to check all of the windows to see if they're open, she's distracted by a mouse. That's what it is. Yeah, there a, was mouse a mouse scares her and off. she runs back upstairs and doesn't close that window. So Maud is. is like, Gus, you got to earn your keep. She picks up this just like orange. It's wild how I could tell that was an orange cat. Um, yeah, you can tell it's an orange cat. Just yeah. no picks him cat. up. And just like throws <laughs> off camera, just shucks him.
0: But we know he's fine because as the window keeps banging later on, we see Gus climb up near the window and start eating the bait food. <laughs> Did you notice this? That they no, it- they, they had to put some, some food <laughs> or something up there to get Gus to climb up to be by the window. So Gus climbs up, uh, you know, what is, like a big covered chair or something and just starts chowing down on something and then they cut away Gus up there.
1: Then he's just chilling by that window for a long time until at one point the window opens like super like impossibly Uh, it opens yeah. an impossible amount and Gus goes outside and then, you know, like a scene later, all of a sudden Gus is at the second floor window and uh, Stella lets him in and this yeah. is that is what triggers her mind of like wait he was in the cellar how did he there's a cellar window open and then she goes down there and she sees Sam Um, but I did like that after Gus gets into um, his master's uh, bedroom he's just chilling on the bed Throughout all of this, and so like Stella yep. will run in there and be like, "Wake up, he's here!" And the cat's just like, "What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Get the just fuck out!" Up here. In between
0: the guy, Mister Becker's legs. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, my cat does that now. Monty does that. uh He's 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 really taken a uh, a liking to me. Mm-hmm. So now at when at bedtime he will curl up in between my legs, or now he's kind of come up to the comes up to the pillow and sleeps on on the pillow on top of my head, which I love and adore I, but he oh. is doing that like oh you're lying down
1: i'll just curl up in your crotch it's warm. Hell here. yeah <laughs> so like your cats do that uh they don't um stay in bed with us uh the entire night or off like it is it's first of all they they have to be crepuscular for a while which sometimes i'll wake up because they are playing soccer with a bottle of pills <laughs> That's father they've knocked on the floor. Uh wild. Um life in Brett's house. Well, and then so like Gene, instead of like sleeping, he just gets in my face and just licks. He just licks me and will not stop. And it is a like unstoppable force. Like you can't stop him. No matter what. He's going he's like, I'm he's like, I'm either it is he's like, it's 4 a.m. I'm either licking your face or I'm gonna bite your phone. Like <laughs> and so then I just have to pick them up and put them out. Uh we've gotten yeah. better
0: with 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 getting the entire gang together for bedtimes. So usually it's between like 1 and 3 cats. Sometimes it's 4, very rarely it's all, all 5, but it has been all 5 before.
1: Oh. Yeah, we'll, we get get, the whole thing we'll get them all together. in. Can't move. Uh okay, and so let's I'm talk, trying let's, to let's talk about TC Jones. Well, well what We can wrap up the episode because let's talk about this reveal because that leads into T.C. Jones, because I think that's pretty much right. All that's all that's left other than me just reiterating mod is a great character. And I do wish that Stella was better because I think Stella is kind of a non-entity. And I think that's a lot of the performance. She comes alive when she's scared.
0: Yeah, she and her career. Her name is uh, Dana Winter. Um, she did a lot of like low level movies and TV shows, but she was in the original invasion from of the Body Snatchers.
1: Oh, which is and
0: another sci fi connection. This is directed by uh, Joseph Newman, who was a famed assistant director. Actually, got hmm. nominated for best assistant director when that was a, still a category. Oh, wow but he di- he directed a few films and some things on tv like this but he is famous for directing this island earth oh work uh the uh classic sci-fi film that was uh featured in mystery science theater 3000 the movie
1: nice yeah uh and so like as, so like as it ends we've we've mentioned All of a sudden, Ames is like, he attacked me, help. And it's actually a pretty haunting, like the voice coming from, help me, Stella. He's in the house. I'm under the stairs. Stella goes and like gets Ames. They turn around and she's like, oh, no, who's behind the door? And it is Sam's body that then falls down. And then when like uh, Stella turns around, all of a sudden, Ames with a comically deep voice says you have a bad memory which is really funny that that was what stella was just like tisk tisk tisk. which she was writing stella <laughs> really hard the entire episode about being forgetful <laughs> about this window that didn't matter <laughs> yeah so like then there's a struggle um the stella like pulls the wig off and we get like a so there is a thing called, uh, well, there's a trope. Um, I don't know if it has a name, but there's a trope about when like a character that you presumed was female is revealed to then be male and it is treated as if it's like a a horror, you know, um, and it's shot I mean, off, it which, yeah. you know, like Crying Game or specifically like Ace Ventura, uh, the first Ace Ventura, yeah. when like that, is a trope that is like, you know, we're supposed to be horrified at, you know, male presenting body.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash
1: achieve today. His female presenting is being all blurry. And, and that's very much what this is, because when the wig is taken off, it reveals his slicked back hair and it's shot as if it's like, oh, no, he has fan hair. <laughs> and then yeah, this the, is... <laughs> the wild one, though, is the gratuitous shot. All of a sudden, like she does she like rip off her shirt? And we yeah. see just like almost as if he he had shaved the collarbone area that would be exposed and then just hair, just lots of just yeah. like, hairy like pecs. I got to
0: say that there's a story that I read about him that actually kind of ties into this: is mm. that he was doing a show with a review, and at the end of the show, he took his wig off and he and he bowed, and and there were two women in the audience who supposedly said, "Oh, that poor woman, she's bald." Yeah, <laughs> and it's that, kind of like the you you, you want like whoever direct, like was was writing the script was like. No, no. You have to. You can't just show that that, the, that he's bald. You have to show like he's actually doesn't have breasts. He's a man. Like it's it's a, it's it's the extra. Yeah, it it's also the... doesn't work
1: because I feel like as Ames, he is clearly wearing a bra that is padded because oh, yeah. he has. Yeah. He doesn't like he has breasts, and so it is wild that they don't show that, but. You know, I mean, showing a woman's bra on TV nineteen sixty-five. No go. A man's bra? Oh boy. I don't think so. Um <laughs> and one that you can pull off completely from the front. <laughs> yeah, wow. God, I would love that. <laughs> Why are they connect into the back, I, I don't understand. It putting them on is annoying. Um I don't know. I did I did notice that his lashes were very pretty when he was strangling Stella. <laughs> as the silhouette i was like oh those are those are fierce uh so like the ending of it is that like stella is basically like stripping him down stripping Ames down uh revealing the the person underneath Mm -hmm. and he says the nurse the strangler says like such a pretty nurse and then i mean stella dies like that's the end of the episode Uh, yeah. And then Hitchcock has a joke that says, if you want to know more about Nurse Betty Ames, he later tried to throttle a nurse who was a policeman in disguise, which I guess is his way of saying, like, he's in jail. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, and that was something that Hitch would do on the show, too, is that he'd kind of, like, wink to the audience and be like, don't worry, it all worked out.
1: The killer was caught. Yeah, Like, that's exactly what this was but man that body count kept on getting racked up so tc thomas craig jones tc jones uh so uh what did you so i'll say like born uh, october 26 1920 in scranton pennsylvania Uh uh-huh um he went to school okay so first of all All Mm -hmm. like the Internet is like he studied two years in like uh, seminary, like uh, to be a priest, um, which is okay. So we should count clues that he's a homosexual uh, one (laughs) that (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, but like so when he was drafted, because I did find his draft card, which he signed his name Tomas for some reason uh, with no H. um, He at the time he was twenty one. Uh, when he was drafted, this is 1941. Um, he was a student at Carnegie Institute of Technology. So mm. he must have gone to uh, seminary after that. Um, and then he was discharged in 1943. And I don't know if it was no, a I normal I, discharge I think or what. You, I, he was probably, it was probably the seminary first. And then
0: that, because he, mm. I don't know the exact date. But he was in the Provincetown Players, mm-hmm. which was a very famous um theater troupe. Now oh. they had their kind of like big day in the 1920s and the 1920s and 30s, and had kind of, like that wave had kind of ended, but they were still going with shows. So he was in um, I believe it was the E.E. E. Cummings play him. In the nineteen, in the mid nineteen forties, mid to late nineteen forties, so that was Provincetown Players, still a big name, doing an E.E. E. Cummings play, and that's where he's. I believe that's where he said he played a, a female character for the first time. Was in the play, him. So, so that, I want to say that he probably didn't go straight from the army to Carnegie Institute of Technology and then into well, the theater. I want to say it was probably, yeah, I'm guessing
1: uh and so so he gets to broadway so he has two broadway credits in like the mid like 40 1940 like right after he gets back from the war uh where he's basically right up your alley uh one's he's an ensemble player then he's a dancer uh are you talking about new faces of 56 or i'm talking about new faces of 56 (laughs) which is the thing that paul lynn did that got him famous uh i think before new i think he was new faces of 54 um so basically like every there was there was an annual like Broadway New Faces that was kind of just like a um, incubator for up and coming talent. And they would basically just do a variety show where everyone just like did their own things. Now, did you see who he was in New Faces of 56 with? No. Uh, Billy Hayes, who are going to play Witchy Poo. And, um yeah. And Maggie Smith. Really? <laughs> yes. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, wild. I mean, T.C. Jones' work. Uh, Directed by Paul Lynn, who then cast Billy Hayes in the Paul Lynn Halloween special. Which is essential reading. So Or essential viewing. Uh. So he does drag in that. And that is where the story of him taking off his wig at the end and the ladies being like, oh, that poor woman... It's it, oh, okay. it comes from like reports of new from New Faces fifty six I do believe, uh, and then his own show, he got his own Broadway show after that, uh, called Mask and Gown, that only ran for a month September to October fifty seven, which you know hey still had it but then it toured it toured so he still got to use it yep. uh, the Playbill which I kind of want to get a copy of there's a section of it and this is something to talk about it's you know I mean this is a drag show on broadway in 1957 uh and but the playbill like you know in the inside where it's like showing behind the scenes of photos of him one of the sections is titled never underestimate the power of a man <laughs> 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 and it that's titling a page of just photos of him like in like women's underwear and like combing wigs and stuff you know what? you should get that try to find I want that it. if you can i want it. but this so like the this is the army uh playbills from when it was on broadway 10 years before this is the same thing because like the whole like that is a lot of that was drag and a lot of that was them right. the 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 broadway playbills for this is the army were heavy on they elicited like the names of the soldiers what weapons they were skilled in <laughs> and and just like stuff like like and all the fonts were like very macho it was very much like yeah they're <laughs> singing and dancing and some of them are wearing dresses but you know <laughs> they can kill them you know they really you well know, the whole thing was like they really wish they were fighting like that's the undercurrent. <laughs> <Very> weird. <laughs> they're, while
0: they're entertaining you they're really dreaming about the battlefield so yes. think about
1: that yeah yeah <laughs> when you pan this show it's very wild uh did you what else did you find out i found
0: out well i found out that he was he he a moved to miami after the words and joined the jewel box review uh which was for the time a very well-known drag show that moved up to new york so i believe that he followed that and there's you can find there's a pictorial of just behind the scenes and on stage with the jewel box review r e v u e that was big in miami and i'm looking for it um it started in 1932 and then moved up to new york in 1962 so around kind of the later years he he was with that and i believe he moved uh with it and i think i think that's kind of where that part of his career ended cuz that was it was a big um a big drag show. Yeah. Like um, T.C.
1: Jones is widely considered, at least in like all the newspaper articles that I was finding from like the fifties and sixties. They're all, they all frame it as if like, we all thought female impersonation was out of fashion. And then T.C. Jones brought it back. Like he was considered to be. I, from what I'm assuming the most prominent female impersonator of this time period. Uh, One of them. That's for sure. Yeah. So like he, he did, he did,
0: you know, he did characters that people recognize. He did Judy Garland. Oh, Tallulah um, Bankhead. Tallulah Bankhead. And he put, he put these together into a show, and that show eventually got recorded and released as an album.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't, I didn't write down the name because I'm an idiot. So, I'm uh, trying to find now. Oh my god, come on. Da, 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 da. But then he he... But then he abandons the East Coast. Yes. So what are you looking for? Yeah. No, also, well, I, let's talk about the wife because this is where things get interesting. <laughs> so, Connie Dixon. so uh, born Caroline Suzanne Dixon on, because I found out all sorts of information about her that is, you can find if you have an Ancestry.com account. Um she's a year younger than him which I think if you see photos of her does not uh compute. Um but also TC Jones. So what he looks like out of drag is imagine if Uncle Fester was cute like he's got this round bald head you know like he's kind of got like chipmunk cheeks. Yeah. He's kind of like he's he's, he's a, a chipper dude. Yeah. Um... But he's like stocky, he's five eight apparently. I saw yeah. it somewhere.
0: Whereas I have uh, big eyes. He has kind of smaller eyes.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, so Caroline, Suzanne Dixon. So they meet. Did you, so how they met is wild. And it, first of all, so here in 1953, Caroline Dixon owned a. Do, 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 I have a whole lot of articles about this. She owned a hair and like a wig studio and hair salon. In the Polk District of San Francisco, which before the Castro was the gay district, the Polk, uh, like Polk Street, was the gay district in the 1950s. So that's reason number two. (laughs) This was also,
0: but this wasn't her first career. Her first career was she was a professional professional fencer yeah and then she retired from that and and started this uh wig and wig and uh, wig supply store
1: so on what day is this on uh may 16th 1962 the saint petersburg times wrote this article titled meet tc and his mrs connie by nancy osgood of the times staff So, that Saturday in 1952, the business week was drawing to a close. Connie Dixon, former Miami model and three-time Florida women's fencing champion, (laughs) was preparing to leave her San Francisco beauty shop. At that moment, in walked a distraught man. I'm told you can do something about this mop of a wig. I certainly hope so, he said. It's driving me crazy. Connie couldn't believe her eyes. Her caller was T.C. Jones, the female impersonator whose act she tried many times to see in her hometown, always without success. She agreed to dress the wig that Saturday night. Monday, she and T. met at a party. Tuesday, she went to see his performance. Wednesday, uh, they dated. A few weeks later, they were wed. Since then, Connie and T.C. have worked side by side, as they are doing now at blah, blah 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 blah. So, okay.
0: I'm looking for pictures of her, and the only one I found is of one of her styling his wig. Yes, that's ETC, what I'm looking at. And his Mrs. Connie.
1: Where he looks um, like, um, you know, let me share my screen because then maybe it'll show up in the video. Ooh, uh, that'd be a good idea. Um, Fingers crossed. How do, I, how do I do this? Oh my god, okay, there it is. Jesus. Share advanced. One participant can share at a time. Okay, cool. Share screen. There we go. And boom. Uh
0: there yeah, we go. I, I can see
1: it. I can yes. see it. I hope that yeah.
0: other people can.
1: So but there's- I would not buy that she is a year younger than him. I mean, I don't have any information that her birthday is a lie, but she looks very much like um like very Nancy Reagan. <laughs> yeah, so he's in her his 30s, she's in her thirties. Yeah, well this is 62 so they are uh 42 and 41. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Uh so there's that. And then let me so here she is, here's an article from 1972. So he died in 7071 so this is her as a as a widow. Um so I'm just saying I think okay. Well, Let's just yeah. So here's photos of her, which is so you know what she you know what her career is after he dies. No, she goes and she goes into making health food for pets. Well, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there she is. Well. Uh. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my so okay. suspicion. My suspicion, so they never had children. They were married from 1952 until his death. So they were married for almost 20 years. Uh, never had kids. She she says in this article, she was his manager. She, like, managed his career. And after he died, yeah. she wanted to keep on being in management positions. But in 1972, that sexism was like, absolutely not. Yeah. So she changed on her resume. She changed her name to C.S. Uh, Jones instead of Connie uh to get jobs so i don't know like i also she looks kind of butch see this is where you know you can't judge someone's sexuality just going off of their looks you definitely can't i can't no (laughs) I, I, i wouldn't even try no uh i mean so like a lavender marriage makes a lot of sense to me is that she was a lesbian he was a gay man they probably got married in order to like move through the world because as a as a as a female impersonator i noticed a lot of the of course a lot of the articles about like tc jones is coming to town always mention and he's bringing his wife connie connie styles his wigs like oh no there was a really really good um let me find it there was a just really stupid okay, here's this uh this is a clip from he's coming to do a show in like Concord, California uh TC and his wife, the former Connie Dixon make their home in San Francisco when not on tour. Mrs. Jones supervises her her husband's extensive wardrobe and wigs proving that even female impersonators need the real feminine touch when it comes to clothes. do they? do they? <laughs> Yeah <laughs> like, so, well, like times were what they were. It I does feel like if you wanted to be a drag queen in the fifties and sixties and not and and survive, you would probably behoove you to have a wife that can be your beard. In articles like this, so that people won't protest the female impersonator because it's a homosexual coming to town. He's bringing his wife. Yeah. Like that's
0: he's bringing his. Like mention that in the article. Yeah, I'm and glad they that all like, there Their articles about it. This is not something that you'd necessarily see in every like you know paper. But yeah. hey, TC Jones coming to
1: town. Well, but I think a show. That back then, bank banquet. You know, before the internet. So this is so after this episode of Hitchcock airs. Uh, on March 26, 1965, this syndicated, this is syndicated in a lot of papers. Uh, Stephen H. Schuyer, uh answers a question. Who played the part of the nurse on the Alfred Hitchcock drama titled An Unlocked Door? Which is an unlocked window. I know it was a man <laughs> with a woman's wig. The show was, the show was finished for over two hours and my nerves were still unsettled. I'm an avid Hitchcock fan and have been surprised by some of his endings, but this show was the first that left me completely unnerved. Signed AA from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, The answer is
0: the creator of the 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 (laughs) poo.
1: So the answer uh, is many fans have written our mailbox, many fans have written our mailbag about the surprise ending of the drama titled Unlocked Door. Oh my God, Stephen, people are coming to you for accurate advice, and you're not giving them the right title. They don't have the internet yet. That's why they're writing you. Okay, an unlocked door. It will probably rank with Hitchcock's more memorable TV hours. T.C. Jones, who is one of the foremost and tasteful female impersonators in show business, played the role of the killer nurse. The word tasteful there is. Oh, yeah, well. It it also kills me
0: that they're like, oh, this is Hitchcock's thing. Hitchcock did not direct this, write this, or do anything except to show up. He directed a total of 18 episodes uh, between Hitchcock Presents and Hour, mm-hmm. and only one of those episodes was, his- was Hitchcock Hour. Everything else, 17 episodes were after Hitchcock Presents. He was like doing his own thing, and he'd show up and he'd record literally
1: four minutes worth of shtick per episode. And It is, and then it is was- weird how f- how funny he is. Like he has a very comedic character. It's just really unsettling and it's weird because he's playing off himself.
0: Yeah, he's playing off like, oh, Alfred Hitchcock must live with guns and knives and bombs and poison because oh, no. that's that's you know, that's who he is. But he's, he, he's playing against that, being like, I'm also droll and British and funny.
1: Uh, you don't so, expect that to come out of uh, me. Uh, also in this 1962 profile. So they it's an interview with T.C. Jones and he he says uh as he he there he studied two years for the ministry when he was like seventeen to nineteen, and then he goes to uh Carnegie Tech and then the army um but he says, as I look back, I'm convinced it was an emotional thing that it was the drama of the Bible that interested me, <laughs> which is like I got uh-huh. into the ministry because of the drama." <laughs> Which is a pretty gay reason to get into the ministry.
0: <laughs> I'm looking up the drama of the Bible and not finding anything very interesting.
1: But... Um, so,
0: the question is: is I mean, the, I was reading like a an article that was just talking about drag queens and and their sexualities and and their their reading of it was. He never gave any indication in any interviews, private or public, that he was gay or or was not. That yeah. it still remains a mystery. I think you've done some some sleuthing, but
1: uh, this one might end up a mystery. I am until I write his biography and I really do the deep dive. But I mean, I just I do think that, like, you know, the clues of, you know, ministry, getting into the ministry for the drama, uh, doing drag, (laughs) marrying, marrying a woman that you like, like a month after meeting her. And she's all of a sudden your manager and does your wigs uh, in the gay district of San Francisco. And then you well, never have children, like so. There is a, you know, we'll never know for sure because of the closet. But there's also, you know, who knows how the way that we in modern 21st century look at sexuality and gender identity and stuff is so like leaps and bounds uh, more uh, advanced, complicated than it was back then. Like he. Yeah, A lot of the terminology and stuff that we use now, like just didn't even have like, who knows, you know, he might have preferred female pronouns, but didn't know that he could ask for that. You know, like that's yeah. or he might have like, you know, I can't I can't say that he didn't love Connie. He probably did love Connie. Um, but did he have sex with men, yeah. too? Like, it, but did but did that make him gay in his eyes? Who knows? You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's complicated, but I will say, gay icon.
0: Yeah, let's let's come right out and say it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm
0: I, 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 think as as far as like any gay performer looking to the past, or I'm sorry, any drag performer looking to the past, you could have, oh yeah, you could couldn't do much better than T C Jones, who was on did drag on Broadway, had his own Broadway drag show.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah
0: worked with Paul Lind and Maggie Smith on Broadway, had a successful review to the point where, you know, he's doing a show and it gets mentioned in the paper, multiple papers, and had an album of his show recorded and is available now. Like, it is that's pretty good as far as a career goes.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I... I will also point out that um, I did find out that in 1954, uh, nope. Miss Carolyn Dixon Jones, owner of a San Francisco beauty shop at 1653 Polk Street, today awaits sentence on her guilty plea to charges of withholding forty-two dollars of employees' unemployment insurance contributions without paying money to the state. She will be sentenced July 15th. The dark side of fame. criminal. Yeah. Oh. Well, if I don't know what her I, sentence I was, this- but.
0: I'm not going to say that you need to watch this particular episode, but if you do want to see TC Jones in action, uh in something that is really entertaining, he's in the movie Head Uh with the monkeys. All right. And in drag and out.
1: Okay. I need to Um, like track
0: that down then. If you if you if you check it out, he's in it. Also, Frank Zappa's in it. Also, (laughs) some great music. Um, direct uh, written by jack nicholson fantastic yeah, was like jack film. nicholson was involved yeah uh
1: yeah. are you ready for more must-have facts about this specific episode of television and not just oh the my g- no. i thought we covered everything Jesus but Christ. let's go no man uh so the ratings were bad um this was one of the last episodes of alfred hitchcock after its 10-year run i uh, and in the pa- it was announced in the papers literally this like week that this aired that the show was canceled Um, So this was it. Uh, The top five shows of the week, though, were number five, Bewitched, number four, Andy Griffith, number three, a tie between The Fugitive and Gilligan's Island, (laughs) two, Gomer (laughs) Pyle and number one Bonanza, uh, which is a, you know, it's a healthy lineup. Uh, Yeah, they're, they're,
0: they're all shows that people remember
1: now. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh the number um well the cbs's no nbc's god damn it hold on my think was just my computers fritzed it out Um uh, the what is oh no i didn't write it down uh well the the MB, nbc had a lineup and man it was great um <laughs> <laughs> i'll take your word for yeah. it <laughs> uh, so what are you watching because these are some choices um on abc we've got the Dinosaur special with Harry Belafonte a musical salute to the Peace Corps featuring songs of Midi Nation and a new song of dedication Sergeant Shriver and a group of volunteers take part in our so that uh, on NBC we've got Alfred Hitchcock Hour, an unlocked window bitch it was written in the fucking newspapers and people are out there calling an unlock, unlocked door <laughs> no uh-uh, it's an unlocked window I mean- at the end of
0: the episode, they say T.C. Jones as Nurse Betty Ames. So, like, yeah. Come on. Geez. It's your fault for not memorizing the credits to a show <gasps> that you saw months ago. Come on, people. Um,
1: a nurse spends a terrifying night in an isolated house with her bedridden patient while a homicidal maniac is loose in the area, parentheses, surprise ending, and mystery guest star caused Hitch to keep filming, cl- clo- to keep filming closed as a top secret project. So, like, that's teasing uh hitch didn't record this (laughs) no he did not do anything with this um and then on cbs the cbs news special oh my god siri (laughs) go away okay on cbs a cbs news special an essay on bridges a look at various types of bridges from Rome to Bayonne, based on the premise that bridges are the closest man has come to attaining a state of perfection. <laughs> oh. So, a Dinosaur oh. special, a terrifying episode of Alfred Hitchcock Hour, which was named the best bed of the night in papers all across the country. Like this, this episode actually got a lot of, uh, good press uh, or and i did cbs i did see that this,
0: i don't know that this is a tough one i did see that a couple places that this was one of the highlights of the third season yeah. this is one of the better episodes yeah. and better remembered episodes of the third season uh i'm probably gonna have to watch Dinosaur shore because i like harry belafonte um i might also turn off after he sings a song or two
1: and you he's just going to sergeant shriver
0: <laughs> like if he's gonna sing just gonna sing Deo, I'm like oh okay we've heard that one before but you know what this is a tough one because the bridge is I don't know I an essay on I don't bridges. know where you could go with that an essay on bridges the closest man
1: has come to perfection, to, perfection. <laughs> to attaining a state of perfection i don't know what the hell that means um i i just thought i just thought um so what the lead in for Hitchcock, I do believe, was Andy Williams show broadcasting color, because this is the last season where it are like the next season is where the transition to color happens. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if Hitchcock was canceled because like doing an hour long Hitchcock show in color is just not worth it. wasn't worth it with the ratings. I yeah. was getting. because I can imagine that would be because color was expansive. And they didn't, I mean, they didn't need Hitch
0: didn't need this.
1: Hitch no, was making didn't. his
0: own films. He'd been he he'd been a director for 30 years already when this series started. Yeah. Um yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna hedge my bets and say Dinah Shore until how parry Be- belafonte is done, then I might switch over to Bridges.
1: <laughs> nerd man i am watching alfred hitchcock presents and man i might be i'm gonna be throwing a party for it who knows people are gonna be coming you over you don't know because it's a, it's a hidden ending it's a secret yeah, ending it's on like everybody because okay so to tell you the kind of person i am uh there was an episode of er and when i was in college where they were touting it as like someone is dying uh because this is like season 10 or 12 or something and so like we had a party like like six or seven of us all went over we all took bets on who was gonna die and then it was paul mccrane who had a helicopter fall on him um (laughs) but uh yeah so i would probably throw a party for this (laughs) uh on imdb On a, on IMDb, eight hundred and thirty nine Hitchheads gave this an eight point <laughs> five out of ten. Would you go higher or lower? Not knowing a lot
0: about the rest of the series, I would say this is. I'd probably go a little bit lower with it. There were a couple plot holes about like the the things where anytime that the killer's voice was heard, but Nurse Ames was in a different room. That kind of that kind of ruined it for me um but uh, i don't know if if this was one of the the better episodes like i can't imagine what the like the worst episodes of hitchcock were but it was pretty good
1: i would give this an 8.7 i would go even higher (sighs) if it's got a good if it's Uh, got the reputation that it has that number should be higher
0: i'd probably go like high sevens but maybe not like 8.7 that's a bit much
1: Honestly, Absolutely. like when that ending happened, aside from I do not know, like they dubbed that. was I can't believe that was T.C. Jones's voice like that dubbed voice was so bad, but just shocking. Like just the fact that they ended it with the lead <laughs> character just getting strangled to death. And it's like, hi. Yeah, I was as uh, by a character that has been stripped down to the waist. Yeah, wild. Pretty much. So
0: that's a weird one. I, I don't it, know. Yeah. That's that's not something you'd see on the dinosaur Hour.
1: No, or the bridges. Although I don't know, I don't know what's going on with those bridges. Trolls. They might have, um, might have been really hot. You don't know. <laughs> uh, who had the musty performance in this episode? Louise Latham as Maud. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. TC. I'm sorry. The 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 bonkers sort of kind of drunk person who just kind of like
1: labs out all the people that you know got murdered. <laughs> It's going to be Maud. And honestly, like everyone gets a lot of screen time in this. So like Maud is in it a lot. Yeah. I didn't talk I, about like when she overhears the, the killer, she grabs that plank of wood and just starts like walking around trying to find it. Yeah, right.
0: there, there there, are three main characters in this. There's Stella, Nurse Ames and Maud. the The patient is asleep for most of it. Sam leaves and that's it. It's the, it's really the three of those carrying three of those actors carrying this this series this this show,
1: and they like try to knock her out because she just can't sleep and she's freaking out and they're like get like knock me out babe like it was really great she's great uh, must other people see this episode? I'm gonna say no because it's
0: hard to get people to watch an hour long episode of something that I don't know doesn't really doesn't really lead to anything. Uh yeah. I would say that for the TC Jones performance probably yes because it is it's it's a really good performance.
1: It's Yeah, and it's not- cool to see it's cool to see yeah. like drag in 1965. I think you can probably skim through it and then watch the ending because that's the thing that's the most problematic yeah. and interesting, I guess. Uh I think I
0: think that's a good way of good way of doing. It. I don't think we when we when we ask this question, we don't, we don't usually say, oh, you can, you know, fast forward through it and speed up through it. I think that an hour long Alfred Hitchcock presents is a is a time commitment.
1: Although it's if you like for- Alfred Hitchcock or if you like like classic like suspense, I do like watch the whole thing because oh, yeah. I, I was it was fun. Uh, and there are really good episodes of Alfred Hitchcock uh, presents. Um, uh God, I can't remember. I cannot remember any of them, but I'm pretty sure I've written a list about them. What I was surprised to find out, though, is it is all thrillers and no, no, like sci-fi. Like there are very, very, very yeah. few that involve like a monster or an alien or something. Like no, and probably Hitch- and Hitchcock under never ten. Really did that? Yeah, Hitchcock yeah. didn't do that. His movie,
0: if you think about his movies, they're murders, they're crimes, they're suspense. There's, yeah.
1: Pretty people doing bad things, ugly things.
0: Yeah, psychological torture, like Gaslight yeah. and Rebecca and like, you know.
1: Oh, Becky. But... Rebecca <laughs> Um, uh Yeah, that does it. Where can people find you on the Internet if they want to share their favorite memories of T.C. Jones? Check me out on Ethan K.
0: 55 at, at uh, no. Yeah, Ethan K. 55 on Instagram. Uh, that's where I post pictures. That's where I posted a picture today. Uh Megan and I went to the Sparta Cemetery in Austin, New York to see the grave of the leather man.
1: Ooh, um, Daddy. Which we learned from about. the village people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um the only person I, I've seen from the village people is the cowboy. Uh, and I saw him at a convention. He's he's smiled and he was very nice. Oh. Um but uh, the leather man was uh, from I we watched an episode of Mystery Files, which is on uh, Watcher TV on YouTube. And he was a tramp that uh, that walked around the northeast in the late 1800s and wore 60 pounds of leather clothing. And he died. Uh, who who he was was a mystery, and where he was buried was a mystery. And his grave now is in Sparta Cemetery. So I posted a couple of pictures of the Leatherman's grave. That was a long story. Long walk for a ham sandwich.
1: <laughs> Content, baby. <laughs> How are you doing, Brett? Oh, you, you know, you, people can follow me on the internet at Brett White um, on Twitter. And Instagram. You can also follow my uh, drag journey, especially during Pride Month uh, at, at Barba Hartley on Instagram. And uh, follow Must Have Seen TV. Like, watch things on YouTube, uh, please. It'd be nice. And, uh, yeah, leave comments, leave reviews, leave literally everything. Tell us your dreams, your hopes, your fantasies. <laughs> and please
0: rate <laughs> I review. Like the, I already or not.
1: Yeah. And, if you uh, like the t-shirts that I'm wearing, I'll 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 change them up. Y- yes, and or take requests. class. Ooh, maybe who I must. Uh, uh, next time we'll be journeying into the 1970s to see what pride was like then. We'll add so many, which means we'll actually get into characters who are homosexual, <laughs> because we've now yeah. spent two <laughs> episodes. Uh, but it's still well, it's because there really weren't any on television. And we Until are,
0: even if this goes past June, we are going to get through the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Mm-hmm. That is what's going to happen. Um, So even if the, the 90s episode ends up a little bit in July, who knows? We're going to get through all the decades.
1: Because This is interesting because it's open to everything, important. baby. Maybe we'll do, I mean, honestly, maybe we'll do, I've talked a lot about sitcoms. Maybe I'll find a drama or a news special or something weird. Um, let's keep it weird stuff keep baby it weird. Keep, it, keep, keep it weird keep Austin weird baby hey baby. uh yeah <laughs> so thanks to ACAS for hosting this uh, podcast and i'll we'll see y'all uh, next time our merch stamp CNT ver ZTV.